Amen. So, um, so when we went to Portland to have the marriage retreat, it was uh, it had been a while for Michelle and I to just simply just get away and go do something uh, kind of on our own without Emmett, and uh, it was a really welcome retreat. And uh, it's always good when you know like your focus on your kids is important, uh, but your focus comes back around to your legacy of love, which is really your focus on your marriage here on earth. But the greater focus of that legacy of love, um, you know, is the, the retreat focus was on making a legacy of love, a legacy of love for God, uh, love for Jesus, um, and I could say the Holy Spirit too. If I said Father, Son, and Holy Spirit real fast, it's one word, so we'll just say God instead, okay? It's, it's a faster word to say. But, um, but the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is still there. And we have to focus on like, okay, well, God is there who wants us to love him back. Because he's already done so much to love us. And when I think about the legacy of love that we have, uh, that we focus on, that we really need to kind of bring into our marriages, I have to think that it's it's God himself that really has to be the greatest focus. And that's what Chip and Ruby shared about was, um, you know, making God the focus. Um, and, and I love Ruby because she, she would turn and she would talk to Chip while she was sharing. And she said, I love you, and I think you're a great husband, but the one thing that you can't be is Lord. I think her actual words were, you make, you're, you're a fantastic husband, yes. but you're a lousy Lord. Well, she <laughs> <laughs> yes, fantastic husband, a lousy Lord. That was the better way to put that. And, uh, and it was great to see Chip and Ruby talking to each other on stage like this. It was great. And I'm glad to have Michelle because she remembers the exact words when I summarize. So, uh, but it's more important to hear it in the way Michelle said it because, yeah, as, as men, we, we botch things all the time. And if... <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, and so when we, when we try to be Lord, we're so imperfect that we're going to mess that up. But there is a perfect Lord. And so Chip and Ruby did focus, and Zach, you stole my scripture. First, uh, if we go to 1 Corinthians 3, or 13, sorry. I need my glasses for this. Sorry about that. If we go to 1 Corinthians 13, um, I can read the entire uh, scripture, because it's it's the love scripture when you think about it. Um, <coughs> The, the first, just in the first verse through uh, three, it says, If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give, uh, and then we'll go down to the very last verse, uh, 13. It says, and now these three things remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. And if we take the time to exercise the greatest of these, and we focus on God with that love, then we've taken our greatest and we've given it to God. It's a real simple equation. But it's so simple and we can complicate it so much. So when it comes to our legacy of love, let's focus, as married couples, let's focus on God first. Let's focus on each other. And seriously, let's put the kids third. Because if, if it's not for God and then us, then what do our kids have a hope for? Like, what are they going to grab hold of? And what kind of a model can we be for our parents? 
or for our kids if we don't give them a foundational love that they need and show them what that's like. We have Michelle share. Thank you. Um, yeah, so it was really it was great being there um, in Portland, and I will just be real. Um, hearing about the legacy of love, um, it I don't know, it's a little triggering for me. I just like it, it. It feels like it's like putting a lot on me, you know. Like what am I passing on? And it's um, and and there's the um, a song comes to mind from Casting Crowns, Only Jesus, and the chorus says, I don't want to leave a legacy. I don't care if they remember me. Only Jesus. And I think that that's really helpful for me. And um, and Chip really focused on, on faith being the most important thing and having faith in Jesus' resurrection specifically. Like Without that, it's it's all meaningless, really. And, and with that, though, there's so much more. You know, um, and and if that's where my faith is really grounded and rooted and planted in Jesus and in his resurrection, it's like everything else can fall into place, and it's not about me, um, which is incredibly huge, because I, I tend to, like, live in this comparison mindset, you know, and, like, looking at, like, oh, how did they do it, and how did they do it, and what are they going to do, and, you know, my house is like this compared to theirs, and my whatever my relationship with my son and it's um a, a big thing weighing on my heart recently has been you know how are we doing in raising Emmett what is what are his needs like where are we failing him and um and so just like being reminded of the power of Jesus and having faith in him what I do it God can God can work with it. God works with and through my imperfections. Um, you know, regardless of like circumstances, you know, if if my husband offends or hurts me, you know, like God still works in that and having faith in him. If my job isn't what I want it to be, if I don't have the schedule that I feel like would be the most where, where I could be thriving the most, it's a challenge. God can still work with that, um, and he can still work through that. You know, I can view um, any of life's hardships as light and momentary troubles as opposed to weighing on me. Um, and I can have confidence in the big picture because God is never going to leave or forsake me. Like, and when I remember Jesus his resurrection, like it can, it all fits together. The the pieces fit into place, which is really powerful. And and as I'm saying this up here, I'm like, man, like it's easy to say. <laughs> but I remember my life, like you know, just moments ago, even just not feel like feeling all the stress of, oh my gosh, we like we overslept, and I thought that it was an hour earlier than it was, and um, you know, like Satan has a way of getting in there and stealing my focus from what's really important. Right. Um, and I think just one other, one piece that really stood out to me was from some of the sharing um, of Mike and Kristen Lamb and talking about how, you know, the day that I said Jesus is Lord and made that commitment, it was, it was not the culmination of my relationship with, 
ask in the same way the day that we said, I do, our relationship hadn't arrived and, and we weren't the, the, the culmination of what our marriage is. It was the beginning. And we, with our relationship with God, in any walk of life where we are, we always have the opportunity and the privilege to grow. sharing is really the focus that Ruby and Chick used was our relationship with God mm-hmm. and how that's the foundation of everything. And if you don't have that on as your priority, not that we always have it on straight, um, but have it as your priority, then you're not going to be able to have the marriage that God wants. Right. And um, I think sometimes we get that backwards. We get our focus on, oh, this is how things are going here, and we focus on that mm-hmm. instead of focusing on who is able then to help us get through mm-hmm. things. Um, Ruby did a great lesson with the women. Um, we've been reading a book um, called Jesus and Woman, and it just was fun to see how it tagged in together. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was talking about the woman Hagar. So she read a passage um, in Genesis 16, um, and just talking about Sarah or Sarai at the time. I'm just going to read a little bit of it. In um, Genesis 16, verse 1. It says, Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian maidservant named Hagar. So she said to Abram, The Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my maidservant. Perhaps I can build a family through her. And I don't know about you, but life can get challenging, and I can get impatient, and want to figure out how to accomplish the same thing quicker, or in a different way. And we know as the story continues, much of in our life, we just mess things up. It gets worse. It gets really bad. And that's what happens. So Abraham agrees. So Abram agreed to what Sarai said. After Abram had been living in Canaan ten years, Sarai took his wife. Sarai, his wife, sorry, um, took her Egyptian maidservant Hagar and gave her to her husband to be his wife. And so she conceived. When she knew she was pregnant, she began to despise her mistress. Then Sarai said to Abram, "You are responsible." For the wrong I am suffering. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but mm-hmm. Peter probably feels like that's me. I tend often to be like, it's your fault. This is going mm-hmm. on. And he's looking at me like, uh, you're the one that did it. Um, I put my servant in your arms, and now she knows she is pregnant and despises me. May the Lord judge between you and me. That was pretty harsh. Mm-hmm. And yet, I'm so upset with myself, but I want to blame someone else. Mm-hmm. 
verse 6, your servant is in your hand, Abraham said. It's like, nothing to do with this. Do with her whatever you think best. Then Sarai mistreated Hagar, so she fled from her. And I think, again, it's just that when we take things into our own hands, it's not godly. It doesn't turn out the way that we think or want. And we don't know how to fix it, and we make it worse. Um, One of the points that Ruth made was just that nothing gets better when we're looking at someone else. We really have to look at ourselves and we have to look to God because when we're blaming other people, nothing else changes. Um, It's interesting because Hagar gets mistreated and what do you do? Poor Hagar, here she is, just a maidservant. She's like, okay, I had this life. I came from Egypt. I moved with you. I'm doing whatever I do as a maidservant cleaning, who knows what. And he asks to marry this guy. And now I'm pregnant. And we just do nothing. And I think sometimes we can find ourselves in situations not of our necessarily our own doing. And we can get upset with God and be like, why is this going on? This is not cool. This is not right. I didn't ask for it. And so what does she do? She goes on in verse um, verse 7. It says, well, verse 6. It says, Sarai, mis- Sarai mistreated Hagar, so she fled from her. The angel of the Lord found Hagar near a spring in the desert. It was the spring that was beside the road to Shur. And he said, Hagar, the servant of Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going? about you, but when I'm running, I'm not thinking about those questions. It's like, I just want to I don't want to suffer anymore. It's not my fault. I didn't ask for it. It's not fair. And I'm just going to be miserable because that's the only thing I can do. And it's so interesting to see. She says, I'm running away from my Mr. Sarai. Then the angel of the Lord told her, go back to your mistress and submit to her. That was a tough thing to say. And I think sometimes we know what we need to do, but we don't want to hear it. And I'm just really proud of her because she did go back and she submitted. She went back to that tough relationship, the one that she didn't deserve. And There's so much more to this story. There's not enough time. Um, but I think for me, it's it's that whole decision of she didn't go back as a victim. Oh, great. I just have to go back and tough it out. And I think so much of it has, has to be my focus and my heart is submitting to God. And when I'm submitting to God, then that changes the focus of the whole situation. It's not me just sitting here and forming me. It's really, I'm doing this for God. God's got a message here for me. God's changing my character over time. 
he's using this horrible situation, whatever it is, and I know we can all go back in time and see things we've gone through mm-hmm. and wished it could have been different. And yet when we look at it differently, we start to see how God has used it mm-hmm. to mold us, to change us, to help us to be the people that we want to be. Um, right now it doesn't look good in the middle of stuff, but when we are focused not on other people, but we're focused on God, and we're focused on our submission to Him, then He can change us and help us become who we need to be. Amen. I always love hearing other people share. Thank you, Michelle and Larry. Thank you, Jeanette. Um, wow. So I wanted to share a bit about something that really struck me there, and I wanted to give you a little bit of a, of a setup for it. So Chip and Ruby led the ministry we were in in Boston, uh, best I can figure, it was about 15 years ago. <clears throat> so at that time, our children were um, young teens, you know, 13 up to 19. <clears throat> so, and at that time, I would say it's probably the, you know, the hardest time of our spiritual life so far. So that was a really difficult time for us, and it was very challenging. You know, our kids were, our family was just having emotional challenges. You know, we spent a lot of time uh, in the hospital, in therapy, suffering sadness, you know, asking God, why is this happening to us? You know, that that literally was the theme of my life, of our life. And, you know, you think about it, you know, I don't really recall, I mean, I remember some incidents, times with Chip that were just, you know, I, you know, I'll maybe share, it was just was hard, you know, it was like it wasn't in a, I was in a, a good place, but not a great place, and I just remember some things that were really challenging, and yet, last summer at the conference in Orlando, I, Jeanette and I sat down for a few minutes with Chip over lunch and just chatted, and he was sharing, you know, some of his recollections of that time, just how, you know, what he had observed in in our family and in our dealing with in our relationship with God had really inspired him, had helped him, you know, as he more recently uh, has gone through similar types of challenges in his own family, you know, and it's, he even shared with me uh, just memories of, you know, the support that Jeanette and I gave them when they were leading the ministry, uh, you know, Jeanette's someone that will show up, uh, you know, with the men, you know, she she bring it together she really has that heart, you know, that desire to really do whatever she can do. And it really impacted Chip. And so it was, to me, it's like, I, I didn't feel like at that time I, I was giving anybody anything. Mm-hmm. You know, I was, you know, I was reflecting this morning, a friend of mine uh, in the Vietnam War was decorated for valor. And I asked him about it. And he said, you know, what happened there is I just barely did my job. And, uh, and they thought that was valor. And I feel like that spiritually sometimes. I'm just barely keeping my head faithful. And, you know, and yet, that's really all that we're expected to do. Is we're expected by Jesus to go to him, to rely on him, to trust in him. And, uh, and so it was interesting, to, you know, for Chip to share that that had encouraged him, helped him, and made a difference uh, for him. And it just reminds me that all of us really in the moment are laying down a legacy of love. We're, we're trying to figure out how do we love Jesus when it's really hard, you know, when it's difficult. 
uh, that really is, that's what he wants us. He's giving that to us. He's really enabling us to be able to keep looking to him when we really don't want to, we really want to stop. And that, you know, that's what I find is inspiring to, for me just being in this group of disciples is that we really are striving to see Jesus in the midst of everything. I want to share just a scripture or two that Chip shared in closing here, and then we'll, <clears throat> we, will, we will wrap up. But look over at Hebrews 12, chapter, verse 11. It says, Now all discipline seems painful at the time, not joyful. But later it produces the fruit of peace and righteousness for those who have been trained by it. Therefore strengthen your listless hands and your weak knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be put out of joint but be healed. You know, just this verse has always struck me. It says that discipline is painful. It hurts. You know, but if we allow it to train us, to transform us, then it will produce righteousness and peace. And to me, the hard part is like, wow, you know, these things that are happening to me are happening because I need to be transformed, because I need to be changed. And being changed is a legacy, not the hardships. You know, my prayer is always, I want as little hardship as possible, because I don't like hardship. But when it does come, it just reminds me that oh, this is a time for me to straighten my path, to figure out how do I follow God in this? What's, what is God calling on me to do? Where, where can I go with this? You know, am I living, am I living for the honor of God in all my relationships? Am I connecting there? And then look over in, in Galatians 6, verse 9. And he typically just talked about the peace that comes from following Jesus. But he said, verse 9, So we must not grow weary in doing good, for in due time we will reap if we do not give up. So then whenever, whenever we have an opportunity, let us do good to all people, and especially those who belong to the family of God. And I think it's sometimes we forget whose children we are. We forget that we are children of the one true king, you know, of God. And that we have a power that uh, our friends who don't follow Jesus don't have. They do not have that recourse that we have. And God's just calling us, you know, in the midst of it all to not get tired, not to get weary. And I know it's especially, as I mentioned in the beginning, on this day, it's easy to be weary because you just lost an hour. Um, but in so many other ways, we can be weary too, just because, come on, God, can't you come through with this? Can't you deliver this? I prayed, is this all you're going to give me? Is this all there is? And the, the result, no, is no, it's not. There's much more. Don't give up. Don't quit. Keep going because there's something awaiting you that's way better. There's really the power of the Holy Spirit. There's the power of God. And I think that's the thing to recall is that we have this legacy of love, not just from our parents or our grandparents, although that's important, and we're giving a legacy of love to our kids and our grandkids, you know, of, of how to live a godly life. But it's really, it's much bigger than that. It's the legacy that God's given us. It's eternal life. It's God's kingdom. That is the legacy of love 
that we are privileged, excited to get to be part of. And I think that's what we have to not grow weary about. We have to not be weary about the trials and tribulations and the discipline of this life, but really trust and rely that God is absolutely with us and wants us to uh, to live in his legacy. Yeah. And we're giving us a